Stupid Hearts Club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts. But if you've fallen deeply in love with the show, or me, even though that's a bit weird because we've never met, then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life i leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere either way i'm very happy you're here so please enjoy the show This week, joining me on Stupid Hearts Club, is longtime collaborator and close friend, Alistair Griggs. Hi, Alistair. Hi, Nico. See, even that just sounded insincere straight away. It did, I cannot win. I cannot win. I cannot win. muster the ability to greet you. Oh, God. Right, so that's setting the tone nice and early. <laughs> so for anyone who's not, who's just sort of listening to what episodes... Are coming as they come at the moment, and you've not listened back. Alistair is probably my most prolific guest, and I mean that I literally just mean that in terms of numbers, in terms of how many times <laughs> he's turned up. There's, I'm not, I'm not praising his ability to to uh, keep the ball in the air because, uh, as you will gather, if you if you go back to a early podcast with us in, and then the more recent ones. You will see that far from trying to keep the ball in the air, Alistair has decided to pop the ball with scissors. <laughs> I despise the ball. Uh, so I'm not going to go into that deeply, but just in case you want, if you want a history of of the odd dynamic that Griggs and I have, I recommend. You I mean you could go back and listen to an old podcast we did called Sick Minds, which is still up there. Quite good fun, to be fair. We had a few guests and we shared our intrusive thoughts. And so we got into this shtick of being sort of uh, cynical. Would that be the right way to put it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost beyond cynicism, though. But I, I'm kind of sliding back into that form. Oh, God, I hope so. So, yeah, it's feeling more comfortable with me. So, um, yeah, yeah, good. So, basically, over the last sort of four or five years, maybe, you know, like we've done bits and bobs together... And because we discovered a seam that we both like, which is just sort of uh, admitting intrusive thoughts and being mm. a bit miserable, uh, that completely has coloured our relationship and our, our shtick and our banter to the point where both of us have ended up 
quite confused because we don't actually know who each other really is <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and uh, we've 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 been on we've both been on quite a journey this year where uh, we've had to make some room for each other's uh, the reality that that both of us are actually three dimensional human men as well as yeah. <laughs> as well as just sources of angst and hate. So I've I've been really. I would say, I, have I been a bit more gentle with you? Yes, slightly, but then you're you're pushing the limits now. Now you're, yes. you know, you're skirting around it, and I feel the old patterns are uh, are resuming. But I know I'm okay with it. I'm I'm comfortable with it, and I'm now starting to enjoy it. <laughs> so we uh, we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago where we were like, look, comedically, we need to work out whether we can still do our thing. Hmm. Without, without it being the only way that we ever talk to each other. <laughs> so, this is our first sort of podcast chat um, for a couple of weeks, really, isn't it? Well, for a few weeks. Yeah. Since, since, uh, since I tentatively asked if we can still be horrible and talk about what pisses us off and all that without it triggering you. Yeah, don't say it like that. Like it's like I'm like, oh no. Well, all right. Pathetic. It's not pathetic. It's fine. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah. I didn't. I didn't want to be. Basically, there's like a an audio historical record of us working through odd relationship dynamics. And and I listened yeah. to it back when I was putting it out. I was like, "Fuck, you know, we don't want too many episodes like this." <laughs> so uh, let's remind everyone who we who we really are slash were, and just just be a couple of miserable fuckers talking about what pisses us off again. Yeah. And but before I do that, Griggs, because I know that this will make you feel uncomfortable, I think I'll sing a little love song to you so you know that I love <laughs> you. Does that does that feel like something that you that makes you feel really comfortable inside? It, it's awful. It's by Cat Stevens, and it's called "How Can I Tell You That I Love You." You should just tell me your internal dialogue while I'm singing this, because all right, I uh, if you need it to stop, you just need to say so. <laughs> How can I tell you I love you, love you, that I ain't got the right words to say? I need to tell you I love you, I'm always thinking of you. Oh no, I can't do this. <laughs> Is that considered good? I beg your pardon? As in, but is that considered a classic? Um, I guess when, when I hear it, Cat Stevens, it's like it really is like bang on, fucking just an absolutely classic kind of love songy, acoustic-y ballad. My mum sent it me, actually, and when I think you'll like this, I was like, fucking hell, she's right, so I've been learning it. Cat Stevens, you aware of his work? Mm. Is that Shaking Stevens? Ugh. And, and and now we discover why I put my foot in that. Why well you know 
I'm, I'm supposed to feel guilty about mocking you, and then you come out with something like that. Cat <laughs> Stevens is uh, was a was a singer songwriter in the '60s, who later turned to Islam, converted to Islam, and became known as Yusuf. And the 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 biggest song he ever did was Father and Son, or one of the biggest. Which is the one that goes, it's a time to make a change. Da, da, da. You know that one. Make it easy. Da, da. You know that one? Oh, right. Well, that Boyzone ended up fucking copying. Oh, yeah, Boyzone. <laughs> oh, Boyzone! Oh, God, Boyzone! Oh. I didn't realise it was a cover. Well, you know, that's. That, that again. I, I've just got to resist not putting the boot in, haven't I? Because you're vulnerable now, because you're a person. No, no, you can do it. You can do <laughs> because that. It's you're fine. A, because Alistair's a person now. <laughs> I'm not a person. Actually, I want to say, and this sounds like I'm just trying to um, stick up for myself, but after we had our sort of confessional, quite deep podcast chat about about the very issue of like, uh, you know, I'm sensing something. Do I need to back off and uh, just stop our sort of joke for a bit while you figure some new stuff out and we were, we were just talking that through and I think it was actually, it's actually quite a re- mature responsible conversation to have to be honest in the in the mm. in the grand scheme of sharing men talking and all that but um, but afterwards within within a few days like I was like what do I do here so I was like texting you saying hey we should go for a pint and you 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 sent me a message that said something like Please don't treat me like a normal human being. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, but I have to because I've promised that I that I won't play our strange roles. It's horrible. It's like the timeline's been altered and you don't know me anymore. That's what it's like. Yeah, and, like and you don't know where you are on the timeline, and I don't. Yeah. So we're and both lost. banging on your door, going Nico, and you're going, who who are you? <laughs> You're going, it's me. But we you... had a life together, and you're going. I don't know you. I I'm can't sorry. remember. It, oh God, <laughs> space and time's been removed. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that song is by Cat Stevens. Uh, I'll, I'll probably I'll I'll play a proper version of it at the end. But when you're not here, so that how did that feel? It didn't feel. I didn't feel anything. I didn't. You didn't feel anything. But all I thought was. I didn't quite understand the sentiment. He's saying, "How can I tell you I love you?" Well, you just say the word. I don't know. What does he mean at a deeper level? Well, he says, uh, "How can I tell you that I love you? I can't find the right words to say." But those are the words. I love you. Yeah, but he's saying he he doesn't know how to find the right words to say them. In in this case, he's saying the words sort of outwardly to the universe or to himself. And he's fearing being that vulnerable to say it to this person because he's probably fearing rejection. I can't think of the right words to say. Uh, you're right. It's like I love you. Is you're exactly right, but he doesn't know. He obviously doesn't feel brave enough. See, this is this is this is where this is the genesis of our relationship, where I'm explaining to you normal things. And this, if you go back and listen to Sick Minds, you'll find lots of that. He says, I long to tell you that I'm always thinking of you. I'm always thinking of you, but my words just blow away. So there's your problem. The words are blowing away. You never well, had that? Um, I guess, but I, I don't think it warrants a song. I don't know. <laughs> like, what, what, what could possibly warrant a song any more than someone 
having not known where to put the biggest feeling in the world, which is love and feeling vulnerable. That's literally what about 90% of songs are about. Yeah, but then there you go. And that's what I think the problem is. So you, you're basically thinking that he's been a, an impractical coward going, oh, what should I do with this love? Instead of just com- just uh, entering it into the computer of the person that I want to love me back, I'll go over here and illogically process it outwardly into nowhere. Well, yeah, in other words, yeah. He's, he's just... It's sort of like, like okay, I mean, I, I, I gather what you're saying, but why don't you, you, you take some steps? I don't Look, are you saying that you've never been stuck for words when it comes to, like, sharing deep emotion? That doesn't feel on brand no, for you. No, 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 no. I, I, I can understand that. I just don't know. I would never, ever then consider, I'll put this into a song. No, I know you, you wouldn't. I no. wouldn't think anyone would want to know about that. I well, that's interesting. Any... The bit about someone else wanting to know about it, because obviously if you're a recording artist, then you are part of you is going oh they might like this but the actual as a person that's written songs all my life i i could find myself in exactly that situation thinking i really like her what am i going to do not sure what to do the nick sort of the thing the fact that you're thinking it is the reason a song wants to come out and then you record you record if you like that moment of you worrying about what to do about it and then therefore that becomes the song the moment this is the thing i just don't have any of that dna so no. there's no there's no link to that thought whatsoever. No. And I'm, in a way, I'm I'm quite I'm quite relieved. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't write a poem, for example. I have done when I was when I was when I was younger, much younger. Well, that's the I wrote same actually thing. a poem. Yeah, one of my first the first poem I ever wrote. I was like nine. Was it homework? It. It was cool. or were it you was like... actually cool. No, 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 no. It was genuinely because I liked a girl at school. Oh, this, you, this you're just saying. Literally, you're saying I can't believe anyone would ever not know. And they would. And you've literally like yeah. And then I I started doing that when I was nine. What are you saying? Well, no, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I, I think it's because I see it as a thing a, a, a nine year old would do. A nine-year-old would do. It's like, you think it was like, I see. So it's like, well, I, I didn't know any better because I was nine. So, yeah, so I wrote a poem. So I liked a girl, so I wrote a poem like a child would. <sighs> so effectively, you're saying that songwriters are basically immature and they are, it's like they're, it, they're turning their, their feelings into like what is like playing or playing with crayons or something instead of just well, but yeah I mean that's instead that's of advancing the, the situation I've, I've sort of mentioned that which is it, it feels it feels like a, a primitive form of, of communication primitive. it feels this is my thing about generally music is it, it feels like one day we'll just outgrow it <laughs> oh god anyone who's not heard Griggs before if you go back to an episode of an, our other podcast, Sick Minds, we only did it about 12 times or 10 times or something. If you find the episode with Alice Lowe as a guest, oh yeah, yeah, you will find a conversation about Alistair's relationship with music in which, t- to my absolute, I don't even know what the word is, just uh, dismay and surprise, Alistair um, told the world that he owned, there was only one song in the world that he likes. Any fans of this show, they already know this, but 
tell everyone what the one song you like is. Automatic by the Pointer <laughs> Sisters. I just love hearing you say it. What a lovely way to wind, to, to wind the year up, reminding people. <laughs> and, and you know what's funny is I've got a, a, a Spotify playlist that is probably the main thing I ever listen to because I just add songs to it as I find them that I like them. And it's probably a, a few hundred songs long now, but the f- number one song at the beginning of it is Automatic by the Pointer Sisters. Do you want to really? say something about that? Well, that yeah, a well, nice tribute. Right. It's it's. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I do. As I said, I I, I like other thing uh, songs. I can. Um, it's just that there's a part of me which is just aware. <laughs> you can. Like, yeah, I can. I can I like songs. To, yeah, it's just I'm aware that I'm being. Um, I feel manipulated. That's all. Oh uh, yeah. It, uh, this that. one. But yeah. Manipulated so, by what? By the sounds. <laughs> Oh, um, so like, if someone makes a, sa- a a song intending it to feel sad, you're taking that as an assault on what mood you'd rather be in, and this song is assaulting you, trying to pull that mood over into this direction. Yeah, I kind of will be like, oh yeah, yeah, I see what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And do you feel the same watching like a sad film or like an emotional bit in a film? Um, not so much. I think that's because it's it's slightly more in my realm. So not so much. It, it, it my kind of revulsion is diluted a bit. Revulsion. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm. I I can get a bit more on board with it. But, but so you re- um, so when if a radio's on and it's like you're just driving down the motorway thinking this is just like noise to stop me thinking about the ceaselessness of the traffic mm. and then it's like Brian Adams singing um, look into my eyes yeah. you will see you'll be will you actually be thinking fuck off Brian don't don't you no. fucking dare try and do this well no in that instance I'll just be thinking of Kevin Costner <laughs> <laughs> Relentlessly, <sighs> then for another hour, which is odd. But like because... Christmas songs, I mean, I don't like none of them. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of them that are not like they they are like they're like a bit of a punishment net by at this point because it's like they they it's the same ones every year come on in the same order, and we all have to do the thing, and it's almost like they've become like hymns, haven't they? You know. Yeah, just not what which Christmas song pisses you off the most. The one where they scream. What's the um... scream? The oh. one, the man with the uh, oh, he has a big Holder. hat. Yes, that's <laughs> it. The man he he wears a big hat. Yeah, uh, you mean. So here it is. Oh. Merry Christmas, everybody's. It's Christmas. Yeah. That, that's the worst part. It's just rude. <laughs> I don't rude. like. And it's images of um, people sort of in pubs. I, I was driving yeah. the other day and I saw a group of, I think they were like 20-somethings, and they looked all very cool. And they were walking through the park together and they were a mix of genders. And okay. they were wearing, you know, gloves and they're wrapped up warm. And, and, I, and I just went, oh, that just the image of them having sort of a kind of having communal Christmas fun. walk, jolly. Probably going to the pub. I just, 
I was glad jumpers. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't glad. Um, they weren't going that far, but you'd probably think they would be. They will be. And then they will going be. to the pub you and can then... tell already. Yeah, and then singing singing the songs together, I think. That's like, I can't, I can't fathom that. So even though it brings people together and it's like a break from a shit year and everyone's having a terrible time, it's like you, when you saw a bunch of people walking down the street together, basically in the spirit of friendship, going for a drink and a bit of fun, you thought, oh, God, here we go, here they come. It, it just, it's just a kind of a... Does it seem, does it seem false to you? Yeah, it's or it's almost like you're watching an advert or something. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know. I think a lot think, of a lot of uh, West, so-called Western civilization life feels like that. I think like World Cup fever and you know, like yeah. you went to the football that time you in, last year when it was I the did. summer when it was the Euros and you experienced for the first time ever like being in a big stadium full of braying England fans and all that, and it's very outside your experience, that, isn't it? Yeah, I got caught up in it. You did. It scared me. You did. You th you threw a bin at a horse, didn't you? <laughs> you could see how that ah, thing happened. And, and ripped your shirt in half <laughs> to take it off, and then scratched a German car on the way home. Yeah, well, you just all bond over your hatred of the ref or something. It's just it's amazing. But those people going to the pub were bonding as well about the fact that we like each other and we're not at work and it's nearly the holidays. And oh. I mean, is friendship really a synthetic thing that we should be cynical about? I mean, I love no. being cyn. I love these chats because the whole point of why we started doing our stuff was because we were admitting to each other what. I'm 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 only playing devil's advocate for the lols anyway because I'm I've got similar thoughts on a few a few things. Uh, but Christmas we we have had chats about it before, but uh, I don't mind this bit actually. The bit where it's suddenly December and you go, oh, they've they've already been doing like the Christmas thing on the adverts and everything and in the shops too early and it's like leave it out. Mm. But then it's like once it gets past about the fifth. And then there's just like Christmas trees for sale and a few lights up and people are starting to go, oh, should we meet up for a drink for like that? I think that that's the best bit. The, the, the terrible bit is is from. Well, it's really even Christmas Eve's all right. I think it's like Christmas Day. And then and then it's like even though it only goes on for a few more days. Also, to be fair, Christmas having to get the shopping, I've, I've got away lightly this year. Mm. I took my son yesterday to get some stuff for his mum and he's now nearly 14 and he he literally can't think of an item that, that he thinks I could buy him without it being cringe. <laughs> so it's like literally, for the love of God, please do not attempt to choose something you think I like. I just want hard cash in an envelope. Yeah. Don't even write my name on it. I'm not a fucking <laughs> four-year-old. Just give me the money. Like get out of the car Better, now. Yeah, just deposit it in the <laughs> bank account. Sat in, I was like sat in the car, like hee hee. I'll, I'll go and get a card with a Robin, and he's like, no 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 no, go to the cash that cash machine there. Get the hundred pounds. <laughs> I was quite proud of him actually. He was just like, we we both know what this is. That's good. I was like, yeah, this is good. This is good. Well, this is the thing. Like cards, mm. I, I cannot. Do you not send any? No, I can't get my head round it. How it it will never end. 
never ends. Cards, cards. You say it will never end. And you pass the card to the person, <laughs> and they know it's going to be... They display it for a number of days. They display it for a number of days, and they know it's going to be their name in it. Like, what possibly could you going to They know it's going to have their name in it. Yeah. Oh, if it, I gave what's you a this? card... Oh, let's have a look. Oh, it says, your your name is Nicholas. Yes. Uh, it is Christmas, and my name is Alistair. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, to take away, take away the... The one thing you could say the environmental thing about it, and I yeah. know maybe now yeah, no. they're kind of they're made from recycled and all that, but it's just that it, it's definitely it's, wasteful. Like you know, that's incredible. a different argument. It's incredible how it continues and it will never stop. And I get don't you think it's I less? Go, Sorry, it's less now. I I mean, I used to get you know yeah a couple of dozen. I reckon I won't get more than four or five cards through the post now. People just put messages up on social media and. You get the odd one through the post, but you'll also get like a GIF or a an email that you open, and it like it, it, an electronic card, which is even sillier because it's oh. basically like the graphics pretending to be a piece of card opening with a message in it, <laughs> and then it closes, and then you can't display it because you know you don't put it on your mantelpiece. That just it's an of... algorithm. That's it. You're just looking at it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's worse is that is that well, that's more efficient. And yeah, less and environmentally it, it, You're right, it's just the, the entire purpose of it. I do not... And, and I mean, it feels like something from the parents' generation where I remember my mum and dad would get, you yeah, right, loads of cards and mm. then hang them up and then go, oh, we didn't get a card from... Oh, no, I forgot to send a card to oh, Debbie. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and you're thinking, like, what the people you've not seen in years? And, yeah. and all I just... Or what will they do without their piece of folded card <laughs> with, with their name just, in it and your name, name in it? Expresses <laughs> the sentiments of Christmas and then says where the card has come from. Have you ever That's heard, it. though, of, a, of what is called a gesture of goodwill, which is literally, this is what... The bit of Christmas that we retain because we're a mainly secular country, even though it's still a Christian festival, is that it's the quote-unquote season of goodwill. So you go, oh, yeah, we haven't bloody heard from each other, but just so you know, we still care enough to have done this little gesture. You're just reminding them you exist That's, and that they exist yeah, and it's Christmas. What could be bigger than that, though? Don't you think, like, at this point, as I get older, I actually think, it's it, it really, and I mean this, it is now like, fucking hell, we're still alive. Like, you know, the ones that are. So it starts to, t it actually start. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've not written any this year. I've, I've, I've actually sent out cards to the patrons who've asked for one. I've got some stupid Hearts Club cards <laughs> and stickers. And um, I've sent them out and it felt, I sat down in the pub last week and I had a glass of wine and I wrote those cards out. And it was like, oh, I, I'm sort of would. I usually would do that at Christmas, but in the last few years, I've been a bit lazy and I've just done like texts and whatever. But while I was filling those cards out for the patrons, it felt really fucking nice because it was acknowledging that they'd supported me, and I and me t going to the effort of sitting down, writing, writing their name out, saying thanks for your support, putting a sticker in an envelope, walking to a post box, and it's not a lot of an yeah, effort. Yeah, but it's, you see now, I can get on board with that. It feels like you're because really it's what because it's transactional because they've done something and I'm saying yeah I hereby acknowledge your generosity and and I can feel then your gratitude even you mm. saying that I can go no I can appreciate that but it's when it's just um it's just sort of random or people you yeah. know or, or even just family like I don't it's like I don't... that weird obligations that we have in culture which reminds me of like 
how like at kids' parties there has to be like a leaving present. That's fucking weird, isn't it? Yes. Like just a little plastic bag with some bits of shite in it. <laughs> and and it's like it's enough of a thing that and this this'll just sound a bit sexist, but it's usually mums in in like my childhood and my kids' yeah. childhood putting on these parties for their kids and the making sure that you don't fuck up the gift bag or forget it will get you talked about at the school gates and all that, right? So it becomes social currency. And I think, I think it's, I think that's less now, but you're right. We did grow up with it being like exactly that. Oh God, I haven't written a card for, and you've got like a stack of cards. Like (laughs) I I would have the same, but mums, quote unquote mums, We'll have a stack of cards for, like, oh, shit, we didn't write one for Denise up the road. She quickly fucking bangs one out and tells you to go and put it in yeah. the letterbox just so that Denise doesn't call her a whore all year. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it. I wonder yeah. how much of it is motivated by fear. <laughs> well, a lot of it is. I think, well, you know, we've covered this in, in when we talked about Christmas in, I think it was in Sick Minds. But, um, but present buying, you know, like, this, like I said, this year I've got away with it really because I'm not seeing, I'm not physically seeing anyone. It's like I don't need to explain. I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send my sister and my mum some flowers. I, I often do that, like a nice Christmassy. That's nice. You know, because something nice happens, arrives at their house, adding to the Christmasness in that household. Mm. But because we're not all sitting around together and go, oh, oh, oh look at the, oh, these are lovely, aren't they? Oh, I'll use them. Oh, thank you. Oh, it's my favourite cheese, and all that. Because I'm not there, it, and I'm not expecting any from them either, I'm quite happy that I don't have to walk around with this shopping list of, like, about nine different people thinking of two or three things for each of them. It's like, oh, God. fucking hell. Yeah. it's um, It just doesn't feel like life has that, that space in it anymore to deal with that. Well, I actually, this year, created a, a bloody Excel spreadsheet for the presents. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, so are you done? Have you done them? Yes, yeah, so I, I, I'm awaiting one today, which should be delivered. But it's 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 it's, it's nuts, and and a lot of it though, I like it when people just tell me. Like my dad, he just he literally, and it's just like thank goodness for this. He he just sends an email to my sister and I with some items, which are all Amazon, items. right? That's so all nice. easy. That's it. And he goes there, go, go on then, kids, get what you want from that. And then Jenny will say, I'll get him that, you get him that, and it's done. And I can then buy that. Oh, so he says what items he'd like to see. Yes, completely. mock surprise on Christmas morning. He doesn't even care for the, the surprise. He just goes, oh, Brill, thanks. But, you know, he'll send you then the size if it's like a clothes thing. He'll send you an exact link, and all you do is add it to your bag, and you oh, can be done awful. in one minute. It's, it's truly awful. I mean, on the one hand, I would say... <laughs> Why is that awful? That's just, it's such a... It, that, now, that is a gesture not, of yeah, goodwill. He's showing, he's acknowledging the pain, and he wants to minimize it. That's a kindness. <laughs> yes, but arguably, he is, he is, he is, he is. It's, it's like he's um, walking off into the forest, and he's going to calmly, you know, kill himself. What's he's interesting? Such a burden oh, on us that he's, he's sort of doing God. that. He knows yeah. that the rash. He's put his affairs in order, and he's going to put yeah. a revolver in his mouth. <laughs> That's it. And, and That's like all the all the all the maths has been done is on the desk. Yeah, and, and he's like. 
tr- put plastic over it in case it gets splattered with blood. And you're like, oh, that's very thoughtful of you, Father. And we, and we have a kind of hushed reverence for his, his last act. So we, yeah. we, we acknowledge that it was actually quite a kind thing for him to do. Like you get an alert just as he as he slumps to the floor, so saying, like, this money has now just a, a, a been tr- um, transferred into your account. And you're like, that's right. And you just text your sister and say, it is done. Merry Christmas! We all just just have a minute of quiet between us, then we just muddle on. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And then, of course, then my mum is the complete opposite. She'll then go. I'll say, "Hi, mum. Anything you like for Christmas?" Knowing that she will not go specific, and Mm. she'll go, "Oh, well, I'm quite like a nice watch or something." She she'll sort of gently point me in a direction, but I I think that's ferret for the information. That's, what, what's inter- what, what's interesting about that is you're right. From your point of view, your dad is making that job easier. Yeah. But what your mum is doing there, like every every cell in her body is hoping by giving you the opportunity for you to express uh, a sort of like you could choose something because you know her to display that you know her and you love her and you understand her sensibilities that you would go. I saw this and I thought, this is so you, Mum, so I bought it. And then she opens that present and she's like, I totally would have chosen this. My son does know me. I now feel more connected. But, but does that ever happen? <laughs> well, this is a good question, isn't it? It fucking doesn't happen in my family, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and I'm taking the risk now that now this podcast goes out wild. Uh, you get the you get the odd one. I, I will tell you what I'll say. I'll say... A quarter or maybe a third of presents that are exchanged where no one has hinted are spot on. And all of them are gratefully received and it's always a really nice moment and all that. But generally speaking, oh man, like Jesus Christ. I know, like my mum, two packages have arrived for my mum. One of them's a box, that's probably three pairs of Calvin Kleins. One of them's a soft M&S dark green bag, that's probably... A v- two, one or two V-neck jumpers, right? <laughs> now, oh god, I'm taking a serious risk saying this out loud. If it is V-neck jumpers, I will really, really want to like them, and I'll put one on on Christmas Day. Like, yeah, there you go, Mum, I've got my jumper on. And then within a couple of hours, I look in the mirror and I'll be like, you know that this, like, you if you if you'd have seen this in a shop, you'd you'd have just ignored it and honed in on more of a jumper that's a, a U jumper, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I can't even say anything anymore because, like, we had such a massive blowout about 15, 20 years ago about please don't buy me presents because don't buy me clothes because I'm just fussy. It's my fault, but, you know, it's not worth it because I end up taking them back and da da da. And she got all upset and offended, had a serious meltdown. <laughs> and I had, and I, and I acted really ungrateful out loud. And then it was like, look, it's just so much easier if you just totally avoid clothes. Like, you cannot go wrong buying me a bottle of wine, some cheese, you know, underpants and socks, plain T-shirts, you know, whatever, like a scarf. But just like, if you're trying to buy something that I will sort of go, oh, I'll wear that for like, you know, a few days a week. It's just not going to, it's just not going to happen. For whatever reason, she's just decided. It's like, fuck him, right? Every year, that cunt will get a jumper, and he'll fucking like it. <laughs> right. So, like, oh god, <sighs> Merry Christmas. So, 
I, I like I remember when I don't do this now because like you sort of grow out of it. But we used to like me and my sister would go to Zara with my mum in Spain when she lived in Spain, mm. and we'd go, "Oh, this is a nice one," and she'd pay for it, and then you'd be like, "Winner," because mum's paying for clothes that we want. But if you leave yeah. it to it, it'll just be like two sizes too big, sort of big, you know, like a jumper that makes me look like a librarian. <laughs> but she is also financially really uh, generous. And when we all go and do something, like go somewhere nice for a meal, she always pays for that and stuff like that. So, like, you would never complain because I get treated really well. But yeah. I never know what to do when it's like, what do I do now? Like, there's a draw, basically, isn't there, where you go, right, well, that's those presents. And they sort of stay out for a few days because it's, oh, there's the nice presents. And then you have to separate it into the stuff that you're going to use and the stuff that's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll put this here where I might use it. And it's like Muppet socks and stuff with slogans on that, uh, you know, from all yeah. sorts of people. Like, you know, I don't have in-laws anymore, but that used, I used to get some absolutely shocking presents from... Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's quite a funny thing is like, when you're doing that shopping for those types of people... It's like you just stood there and there's like, you know, they do like a big, it might be a place like the range or it might be a bookshop or it might be, um, I can't, I can't, I can't think of the name of the shop where you can get sort of furniture bits, but nice bits and pieces bits and M&S or wherever, right? Yeah. And then there'll be something where they've pushed together about eight tables and they've just covered it in like giftable crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the sort of give a shit table. And when I walk into a shop and there's one of those, I just go, oh, yes, thank God. Like, I would just stand there and go, right, that's for you, that's for you, you can have that. You know, fucking apricots with cloves in them or whatever for that person. Yeah, nothing you know. in-law presents, isn't it? Yeah, oh, you're right. Just Candles and all that. I remember once my dad's disgust at getting a... From, from my mum... Um, the autobiography of Murray Walker. <laughs> and, and, and he wasn't and he, interested. He had a sort of passing interest in Formula One for a bit, but it was like this big, thick tome of a book. And and like I just remember him then, like her leaving the room and him like looking at my sister and I just going like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> How am I going to get through all this? Yeah, and just like he's like, going to need to know what's in it to justify... Yeah. But they usually get each other good stuff, but and I get I get good things, but it's yeah, occasionally it's it just completely misses the mark, doesn't it? And it's yeah, it's, it's hard to do. And I'll, yeah. I'll say that, but if if in, by the on the off chance that my mum has now listened to this and is now sharpening poison darts yeah. to try and kill me, I would I feel the same buying stuff for her. I mean, God knows how many things I've gone. Oh, here's some earrings or, or a a nice scarf that sort of I think is what you like. And it's nice. It's nice doing that. But how often do we get it right, really? Yeah. I once bought my mum, and again, it's good honesty. This was actually about two Christmases ago. Um, a beret from M and S. And in my mind, I thought oh, that's the kind of like cool. Like she'd like that. It's a bit kind of mm. funky or something. And mm, and then her, her opening it and like. Going, what, what, what the hell is this? And then she sort of put it on her head and it looked terrible. And my <laughs> sister laughing, 
going, no, Ali, no, and Dad, and everyone then just mocking me and going, oh, sorry, sorry, Everyone's, Mama, everyone's faces you... are suddenly like quite serious, looking at you, going, you, yeah. you thought, you thought Mum should wear a beret, yeah, I and you're did. going, I, well, at the time, uh... I really did. I, I thought it was. She'd go like, oh wow, yeah, I love it, but she, no, she despised it. It was awful. Oh, God, I think that's quite a. I would I would define a beret as a classic. I think I, I would have thought I would have I would have thought you can't go wrong with that. I mean I wouldn't have bought you, one for my mum. But that's the thing. I think they're quite they're more particular than you think. And then you yeah, see them well. on a normal human head, a head which isn't like a sort of model uh, <laughs> walking yeah. around Paris and yeah. it looks just Did she terrible. look like Frank Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> or Benny Hill. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, You've either got that. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, hats. Everyone loves the, 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 the joke that every single human being has ever played is when you go near some hats in a shop, you put one on and look at your friend and and they put one on and you both laugh because inevitably you both look dicks in... Unless you, you, you've got to find the hat that you can carry off, really, haven't you? Yeah. Have you? Do you ever wear hats? I've never seen you in a hat. I do wear a woolly hat in winter. So, I love hats. I don't always feel like wearing a hat, probably because I like my hair. But I do like, I do like the idea of being hat guy. I've got one hat that I, it's a kind of hat that I love, but I wouldn't dream of stepping out of the house in it unless it was a fancy dress party, and that is a trilby. Oh yeah, now now you're talking. I would like to wear one of those. But, but in like, what what would you wear with it? Because it's like you know when it's like. Basically, like the nineteen thirties look. Yeah, I just think I'd, that looks amazing. I I want to. It would be the typical uh, white suit walking down the Riviera. Oh yeah. When I'm older. Oh yeah. And, and I'm going. <laughs> yeah, it, like I the think. south of France with a yeah. an ornate yes. walking cane. Yes, which actually is a sword. Yes, it's got yeah. Just in case any of your your past comes for you quickly, you'll yeah. be able to just like the end of um, what film is, is it? Marathon Man. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Eichmann. Yeah. No. Uh, well, it's it's a fictional version, but it's a version of that. Yeah. It's, it's the the white and Vice angle, isn't it? Like, yeah. She goes the and white it, angel, and she he slashes the guy's throat. Yeah. He's <laughs> he's got he's got a a razor up his sleeve that's ready to be retract. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, lovely image there. <laughs> but that's uh, your dotage, I would imagine. Uh, that's 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 when you're thinking maybe I'm home and dry. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm home and dry. But just furtive looks from people. You know, give give a little sneer. Uh, do you think you'll go and live in Rio? <laughs> <laughs> it would be that Argentina. And it would be like me walking down as the festival's happening, and me sort of mm. yeah, guilefully taking in the surroundings. Mm. Being like, oh, hello. having to sort Waving of to the locals quietly, quietly leave your sherry and walk away when someone points you out. Yeah, that's it. Being so casual, but the dreadful very... things that you've done. <laughs> it will catch up with you, Alistair. It will. You can't, you can't walk through life hissing at people just because they go into the pub together and hating everything, <laughs> and then expect to uh, to move unnoticed. With your it's elaborate, a... elaborate latter-day clothing <laughs> through through a through a festival crowd. Ah, oh, 
that's it. I quite like the idea of being one of those uh, ornate elder gentlemen because it's sort of a way of hanging on to. It's sort of a way to still exist, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I think I'd be very good at it. Yes, it's it's it, it is sort of the opposite of what you're like now, though. So it's interesting that you like projecting forward and saying, "Yeah, I'll, you know, you're going to have to sort of like make a start at some point, at least start wearing a handkerchief or something." Yeah. Do you ever stress smart? No. It's never called for. Only weddings and funerals. At least, That's yeah, the but you're right. Time wear a suit. It is never called for, but some people just make the decision that that is sort of almost like a mor- it's like a moral thing that uh it that in life one should be well turned out and then they wake up every day and make sure that, that that's like a priority to them in in the same way that like good timekeeping means something to you. Oh god, yeah. So like, do you know the actor Gerard Rufus Wright? No. You'd know him if you saw him. He's a mate. He's a mate of ours, like with yeah. all the sort of writer types and all that. Yeah, been in quite a lot of plays around London. He he gets some good telly and film work, but he is dapper all the time. Not like totally like wedding ready, but he is the detail of the waistcoats, the 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 handkerchiefs, the socks, well made English shoes, all the rest of it. A hat when called upon. Yeah, like he fucking lives it, and I'm. Every single time I see a photo of whatever he's up to, he's wearing, he's wearing, he's wearing things with an e- with a sort of it's effortless, but he's made an effort. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. always I'm always jealous of um, how fucking good he looks. Does he smell nice? Absolutely. Yeah. He smells like um, the soap in a in a hotel toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a nice way. <laughs> but yeah, I in a nice hotel. I've got I've got one sort of like flat cap dark sort of like fairly smart corduroy flat cap that when I wear it with a sort of mac it kind of looks doesn't look out of place now maybe because I've got older like I've got like white hair so it doesn't look yeah. like I don't want to look like a sort of hipster wearing a flat cap you know but I mean I think I I dress all right but but that's just because of my girlfriend I I've no oh agency over my own clothing anymore. oh Jesus really yeah I'm dressed how she wants me to dress. That is, that's but really, I, quite, I like it. Quite pervy. <laughs> yeah, but it's what not... does she make you wear? No, no, I just like look a little, better. Little shorts. It. Yeah, yeah, chaps. Oh, you're not you, you're not wearing little shorts tonight. And you're like, well, no, we're going to. <laughs> I, I, I want to make my we're go, own we're, go, we're going to we're going to watch the Force Awakens. <laughs> well, I want you to wear your little shorts, but it's December. Yeah, well, do you? Why do you fucking do you want me to not fancy you? Is that what this is? Yeah. <laughs> I always knew Helen had this going. She's do, evil. Do you do you tell her what to wear? No. <laughs> she uh, wears whatever she wants. Yeah, exactly. She, oh god. Oh god. This has opened a can of worms. No. Um does she decide what you eat? Within reason. I mean, she doesn't. We decide our meals, but it always feels like I'm pitching for the for the, for the worst stuff. And she, hey, she what? Goes, hey, no. Just uh, by the way, Alistair's girlfriend is called Lauren. Yeah. But as a joke, I've always disrespectfully called her Helen, <laughs> as as just one of the little details of our uh, unfair um, 
um, dynamic act that we've always done. And now both of us just call her Helen because it's easier. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? But um, mm, that's a bit worrying. So she she decides what you wear. Have you ever considered that she's trying to keep you like looking a certain way so that you're not snatched from from her? Like, does she keep I, keep you bland for like public I, appearances? I don't think so. It's not yeah, like Rebecca, isn't it? That film and um, no, I don't think. Uh, I think I look better for it. That's, that's what I've told myself, isn't it? No, she does it for my benefit. <laughs> Actually, she, it now makes sense because you remember, like I have, like the last few times I've seen you, I'm like, what? You, what's happened to you? So what are you, you? You've turned up like. Having been fairly conservative, I will, mm. you know, I'm not going to like rip you apart, but like you know, you sort of like it wasn't like a priority, sartorial choices. So you're just like fairly sort of quiet bloke type dress, right? Mm. And then suddenly, the last few times I've seen you, you've been like chewing and wearing like a cool jacket. And I'm like, what the fucking hell's going on here? And you're and you've looked at me like, oh, don't leave it. <laughs> Just, just leave it. Just ignore it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You know, it's like, I like it. It's, it's, good, a, it's, it's a good, good, good jacket. And you're like, yeah, well, thank, thank you. What? Yeah, and yeah, I, but yeah, what you've not said is, yes, yes. Helen brought it. She's, she's trying to, she's trying to be not embarrassed by me. Says that I need to try harder and try and look like, you know, someone that goes on the Voice. <laughs> Has she ever bought you anything like? And you're like cringing, and she's like, "I promise you, you look really good in it." And you're like standing there, feeling like you've been dressed up for Top I, of the Pops. <laughs> no, but my an old ex girlfriend once bought me a giant. It was just way too big for me. It, it was like you, you know, um, Bane and Batman. <laughs> she bought me that coat. Oh God! What like a big Tom, sort of sheepskinny? Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that coat. And it was um, Tom Hardy can get away with that because he was yeah. massive in that role. And yeah. I'm not a very. I'm quite a slight man. I certainly was a few years ago. I was even thinner. Mm. So it was just. It was awful on me. Yeah, you just looked like a little spiv. But I looked unwell. That's the thing. I looked like <laughs> someone. <laughs> like a. Uh, uh, like someone that tells lies at a race course. <laughs> that, that smokes little roll-ups. Yeah. And I've got, then the trilby would have been good, actually, wouldn't it? Then I'd be like, yeah, yeah a little mate, pork pie hat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, how you been? And I'm just not right. You just know I'm not a right person. A little bundle of fucking old £10 notes in your inside yeah. pocket. <laughs> like Arthur Daly. I wouldn't be able to carry yeah. a sheepskin off. No fucking way. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because like you can find what suits you, and you can walk around thinking, "Actually, look all right. You're looking all right at the moment." But it's it's years of knowing what not to even try on anymore. Yeah. You know, because truly good-looking people, they just put them in anything, and it, they just rock it, don't they? Yeah. Like you said, like Tom Hardy, you just give him a like, give him a big fucking sheepskin coat, and it will, you know, it will look like it's sorry for being on him, and he, and, and, you know what I mean. <laughs> Whereas when I put, I put stuff on where I think, oh, that's a bit ambitious. I wonder if I could it's, carry that off. I just put it on. And, oh, and it just it just looks like the clothes are actually laughing at being on your body. And, and you see your face. You see your face looking back at you in the mirror going, now you know 
this is this is the proof of of statistically how far you are from the perfect Davidian form. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh God, it's horrible. That this is you. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, no. I've not bought any clothes recently. No, I haven't ages. I just I just get restocked at Christmas and birthday. That's it. So I'll gee, I'll be due some new items. I can t- I'll well, tell you um, what they are. There, yeah, there might be uh, there might be a couple of jumpers going in a few days. <laughs> there be a new fashion show. Yeah, um, we'll see. Um, yeah, I I'm not saying I've given up because I still I still sort of like you know I want to look like oh, no, he's still sort of alive, but. Post post pandemic, I haven't yet got out of. I, I mean, I'm going out and stuff, but it's almost like we're all a bit more tied to our home and like the slobbing about thing. Yeah. So yeah, I've not I've not um, I've not sort of reinvented myself or sort of bought a, bought a new outfit and gone. Yeah, look at you looking fucking good there. But because I'm moving to Brighton, I reckon I could start getting influence and I might turn into a right fucking preening twat. <laughs> by by uh, like May June I'll be I mean I'm already like summer is all about Hawaiian shirts and stuff but I can imagine me uh, going a bit kind of like crazy old creative down there that would suit you I can imagine that I'll have to come I want to see this well you know as you as you age like whatever style you used to like it's sort of you know not every style lasts that well as you get older but I definitely think that Aging art teacher is a look that I can, uh, yeah. You know, there's lots of examples of kind of older sort of artists, sort of that kind of look, where it's not about trying to look cool, but there's a kind of sensibility that's a sort of bit of a timeless, you know, aging kind of creative musketeer type. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, heavy cotton workwear seems to be the the key. Yeah. I think I could carry that off. And also, I actually do want to... Um, I did a little bit of... Um, I had my first go at doing some... Uh, you would have enjoyed watching me go through this. I went to a film college or an, or, a, or a university where there was a, a, a media production course and yeah. some students who were like 20 years old, they'd been, they'd been thinking about what might be an idea for a TV show and I came along and with my mate Emma, who's a writer... We they had to pitch to us, and then we had to talk about why that idea might work, why it's got legs, why it might not have legs, what's what what work still needs to be done on it for it to work, etc. Mm. And I'd not done that before, and I really really enjoyed it. But what what struck me because I remember at twenty thinking right, you know, like everyone can fuck off now. I'm an adult, right? But these these kids, I'm going to call them kids because even though they were twenty twenty one. They seemed like little nervous thirteen-year-olds, mm-hmm. and I was really surprised and shocked. But then you think, well, yeah, they've not—they've not like been out in the world and worked yet, have they? They've not had a job. No. No. They've just been, you know, they're doing more grown-up stuff and hanging out with their mates and going on holidays and to festivals. But you've not had like a boss yet, and something that's happening, and there's like money involved. Yeah. So some of them had some pretty good ideas, actually. But there was there was a lot of um, what wasn't there yet, which was quite amusing, was just an awareness of appearing in control and professional, right? So all of them were sort of turning up with like one piece of paper that had some ideas on it, with their coat on, 
because it was a cold day, and they were just sitting down with their coat still on, still done up, and they just sort of start talking, and they sort of like half-heartedly push this piece of paper at you, and then kind of look at the floor while they'd said what their idea was, and it it was like, wow. And then there was like, out of about 18 people, there's maybe two or three, where they came in, settled themselves, got their stuff out, thought about what they were doing, looked us in the eye, and then pitched to us like they were talking to a person. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting, and it, and it made me, I really liked it, so I, I want to do, uh, I want to get some more sort of um, tutory type works. It's nice, um, like doing what we do for a living, working in like writing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It sort of knocks a bit of the cynicism out of you because you realise that you you know stuff about it that, that new people don't know and you can be useful by having conversations about how to how to think of an idea or how to Yeah. You know, what, you know, just pitching and how to sort of carry yourself and the other thing that none of them did, literally only two of them only two of them brought in like a pad and a pen and wrote down what the feedback was. Really? Literally, the rest of them were just going, yeah, 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 yeah. And we were. <laughs> Emma was giving quite detailed ideas for how the idea needs to be different and what it could be. And there's no way they could re- retain the information. And they were just going, oh yeah, 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 and then just walking off. <laughs> and she was. She gets a. She would say to me like quite openly, like she gets a bit shirty with them, like you know, you're not even writing any of this down. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But then, even then, not writing something down. <laughs> but it was quite sweet, and I, uh, it felt like a, a good string that could be added to the bow. So in in New Year, I'm doing six six sessions online where I'm taking some. I don't know whether they're young students or just people who are interested generally, but to take people through the process of coming up with an idea for and writing a short film. I would love to join that and just undermine it the whole time. <laughs> you think you think that would that I would let you do that? Do you think I've <laughs> do you think I've not got the skill to um, to turn it into an exercise where we all because I would be the I would be the tutor at the end of the day and I'd be like, shall we all talk about what what we feel Alistair's bringing to the group? <laughs> I don't know I'd really embarrass myself because I'd try and be hard. I'd go and go, all right, then genius, tell us then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, genius. But um, in the end, I'm the one who's converted the most. That's the thing. I have a breakdown. I'm crying. Yeah, no, well, the thing is, I'd have the power to say, I'm going to pause the session, guys, because I just need to take Alistair into a into a room on the side. And if you just bear with me and just do this writing exercise while I go and sort this out. Yeah. And then just be like, oh, very funny, you fucking twat. Yeah. Get rid I'll be of like, you. Where, where did you learn that from? Tonight, Lee, or Oops TV. <laughs> which which uh, no, bastion yeah. of English comedy taught you that? Uh, uh, it'd be great if you were like a bit pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like the the um, the denouement of your rebellion against my my uh, superiority. <laughs> really, inside I'm horribly tongue I don't know why you people bother. Yeah. You don't know what it's like out there. <laughs> that I mean, that's going to be difficult not to do. Just going. Yeah. Yeah, just that's sort of, where I would fail. Yeah, yeah, because even just sort of going, yeah, all right. So we're going to talk about um, and just a voice going, "Why tell them to even bother?" <laughs> and I'll be going, "Don't, don't, 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 don't think this." 
just continue. I think the thing to focus on, not that, I mean, you'd know, but I guess in a situation, it's just to tr truly focus on the kind of craft of it and, and just the, the work, the writing and, and the yeah. art, whatever, rather than uh, <laughs> the, the other room, which is the mm. the goddamn point. But <laughs> I still, I still get excited by new ideas, genuinely. Yeah. Although, obviously, I can admit that quite soon after that when I start thinking where where will this exist in the world where where the money and plaudits are then my heart sinks and I sort of know we have to love the idea of whether or not that other stuff's going to come with it mm. so and I've pared it down I'm feeling a bit happier at the moment because I'm not my head's not full of ideas that I'm angrily assuming no one will buy instead I've got one idea for a comedy drama that I'm working with um, my mate Amy Lou Wood, who's like fucking become a huge star on sex education, and there's a film out at the moment called Living, and we've got an idea we really love, and there's probably a bit of potential there because she's doing really well. Yeah, it may it may get go somewhere, it may not ever go anywhere, but we're going to get together and work on it, and that feels like that is going to be fun working on that idea because I love the idea, and because she's great, and we really get on, and my family knows her family, and we're all good buddies so i'm excited about that and i know that's going to happen about february so i'm not worrying about it now going oh god what, what's the point of liking that idea i'm just like i can't wait to work on that because we're mm. both excited about it it's quite a nice way of doing it because it's like you say if you put some time aside it's almost like you're saying let's do a painting let's go to each other's houses and do a painting yeah. for fun and then when we finish the painting we finish the painting and then it's like seeing it as a as a fun thing to do. And the other thing is I came up with an idea. Do you remember me telling you I was trying to like crack the bitterness side of all the crap I've been through and like as an idea? And I was telling you about it and you were like, I don't think they'll go for it because it had an element in it that was like I've not been getting much work and Yeah, yeah. You know, there's been a bit of a sea change in the industry and there's yeah. like you're at a certain point and certain age and in a demographic that is temporarily being sort of like everyone's realizing that lots of um, sort of white male writers were doing all of the work. Mm. And now there's been a huge diversity drive and commissioning has become much more um, spread amongst lots of different groups of people. And yeah we we were having a been having i've been trying to work out how to have a conversation where you acknowledge that and the fact that something's definitely changed but without it making it look like you're moaning about diversity but yeah. whilst processing the fact that something's fucking changed and you now have to like operate a slightly different way because the industry you know evolves and as it always has done over years so I was trying to I was trying to crack that as a treatment. I was trying to crack it as a thought of a book and whatever, because I also went through the breakdown and all the rest of it, and it just would get the funniest fucking looks. Like when you start talking about it, and and I and then when I went to see this book agent, basically, uh, from when I did those joke books, and I was sort of pitching it to her because I was going quite deep into all the sort of misery that had happened in the last couple of years. I was thinking she'd be going, oh, this is great, men and mental health, you know, uh, uh, a sort of um, a conflicted liberal character, yes, trying to trying to get his head around the the, the line between being pro uh, 
change at the same time as being a little bit shocked by suddenly not being as popular as he was. It's a good area to sort of write about someone having a moral battle within them. But I honestly felt like she was slowly moving away from me physically in the meeting. <laughs> I felt I honestly felt like she was looking at me like I was demented to be... <laughs> Because I was trying to say, under a desk, she was flicking it, going. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting area. Being middle-aged and thinking like, truly like progressive liberal younger people now, are are, have picked up the baton that we kind of laid down, being liberal and young in the nineties and noughties, and now they're going. Actually, this we can go fucking further, and then you're like the older generation going. Oh, you don't have to go further. I mean, Christ, <laughs> you know. But then you're going, oh shit! But those people—that's who we were when we were young. So actually, they're probably right. But but now I'm a grumpy old man. So maybe I'm not as liberal as I thought I was. But I want to be. But do I want to be? And all that. Anyway, so yeah, it just felt like she would. She just wanted the meeting to end, and then. And then I, um, and I might be wrong, but it's just funny that I was thinking that. I was just thinking, oh yeah. God, I've said the wrong thing. She's like, why would you write this? Go on fucking GB News if you want to fucking speak like this. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, right, okay. So then I was like, oh yeah, but so like regular listeners will know I have been living in a a, a, f- a fairly little village that has got a certain atmosphere and a remoteness and there's there's just not much happening here and there's there's, there's only like one shop two pubs and a train station and so it's there's a very limited sort of culture happening in this place and then I started I mentioned that as one bit of what I was talking about and then suddenly she lit up and was like well you should write about like your village and like being the new person there and what couldn't you write some funny characters and she was basically saying hey by the way, you're a fucking comedy writer, hmm. and you just that. Just let's just talk about this. Let's just not talk about the other thing you were talking about, and maybe there's a way of getting both in there, or just anything. Just please go away, and and the direction I'm giving you is to find a way of writing about a funny environment and some characters. Please, please end this conversation now. <laughs> and so I went away a little bit with my tail between my legs, thinking. That was a bit embarrassing. I've got she's like the head of books. I mean, imagine being called head of books. <laughs> and this books. idiot turns up going, Oh, all these things have happened to me and I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And like that's all I've thought about. Like I've not actually got a narrative or like and she's just looking at me like, What are you doing? So anyway, since then I have come up with a fully developed idea of a way of channeling that journey of going mental and having a bit of a breakdown and feeling sorry for myself and all that but within the context of being mixed in between a load of character short stories about about this village right right but there's also an there's a motif in it that I'll, I will, I'll keep it to myself until I do some more work on it because I might end up right I'm going to write some of these short stories and I might end up sharing them as audio no, that'd be cool. So it's kind of like an idea of a short story collection, which I will actually write, but broken up with uh, prose, like um, almost like diary mm. accounts of a man living in a village. So it's like it's about a short story writer having a breakdown and going mental, and so it'll end up fusing together as like, oh, has he gone mad, or is the village actually this crazy? 
yeah, right. at the same time as me writing the short stories. So it'll sort of be a bit kind of almost a bit Wicker Man, if you like. Yeah, yeah. So That's yeah, so I ended up... And then I was like, you know what? She was fucking right. She was right. And I ended up writing all these notes and having all these ideas. And I wrote it up and I sent it to her. And she went, this is great. I really like it. Do some Do some samples. Write some stuff. So now my little creative job for the next couple of months is to put my fucking money where my mouth is once and for all and write and write some samples of some long form stuff so i'm buzzing on that some prose yeah yeah some well i'll write some shit i'll write at least one short story and i'll write some of the the bit that's supposed to be me in the village yeah sort of almost like i'm being snobby and i'm 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 exploring the idea of going <laughs> These people are a bit funny. I'm going to write funny stories about them. But then I'll explore that, which is like, how the hell, who the hell am I to judge these people? Yeah. What if it's me that's the fucking idiot, you know? Yeah. The arrogance of art, if you like, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. So like, like our mate, you're like, God rest his soul, our mate Chris ended up writing a book, didn't he? Yes, he did. Who 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 passed away earlier this year. And we had we had a couple of really big chats about, you know... How do you beat that cynicism of being in an industry that um, has its own demands? It's just, here's this industry, this is how that industry works, get over it, right? And then there's like all of the potential in you to do something that you really want to do creatively. And you can't ever let business win against art. Yeah. So have you got any sort of bits and pieces that you're working on? Um, well, I filmed um, new Man in the Boxes. Oh, uh, last really? Week. Yeah, yeah. How did that go? So they need to be edited. Um, it was good. Yeah, I got back into the box, so it's like series two. What you got the same box available? I got the again. same box. Can you tell the listeners in case they don't know where Man in a Box is available? Man in the Box is a series on TikTok. If you search Alistair Griggs. So that's A L I S T A I R G R I double G S on TikTok. If you got that, or you can search for the Man in the Box on YouTube. But the TikTok's where it became successful, nice. and it's a series of short character sketches which I did about a man called Martin Peters who had spent the last fourteen years working nights in a security hut, yeah, doing know. nothing, and and has sort of the sort of degenerated into yeah, a... He's regressed sort of thing. Uh, yeah, into where it, the smallest, most minute thing is somehow fascinating to him and, and that's kind of also just horribly depressing. Yeah, but, it's but like it's, it's put him into like a catatonic state almost, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's very funny. So, yeah. so Go I'll and find that and support it, it and yeah. uh, continue to encourage Alistair to keep doing it. It's yeah. actually the genesis. We won't get into it because it's boring. We've already talked about it, but... The genesis of us having some friction on a, a few episodes ago was me breaking your balls to get get back in and do some on it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I still had a point there. Well, but it sounds don't, like I had think, a point as well, doesn't it? Well, I, yeah. I mean, we 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 rubbed against each other and and something happened, but I don't mm. think either party had a monopoly on. The truth. If it makes you feel more comfortable, if it makes you feel happier for me to say that I'll say that so that you feel happy, then 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 I'll say that that's true. 
<laughs> it's that horrible. Is such isn't it? a horrible thing. No, no. And if you if you want me, if, if you, you want me you know, to say that, so that so that it's that's what you needed to hear, then that's what yeah. will come out of my mouth. I oh, know that's so insincere, yeah. isn't it? It's the whole um, like I'm sorry if you're offended. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I'm sorry if you are offended. Oh, there's <laughs> there's been quite a few high profile fucking people who've even I'm trying to think who it was. I can't say the wrong person because it was quite serious. It was like. Someone quite famous in you know in like the me in the the wake of the Me Too stuff, mm. who had clearly been really like v- quite vile, and then was like, oh, I'm I'm so sorry if if some people took it that way when <laughs> when I generously behaved like this, but then in their strange universe they felt that that had gone down like that, yeah. uh, which there's nothing I can do about. But yeah, that it might have been Kevin Spacey. I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, who knows? I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, that that. Well, that's that's as far as I'm going. That's as far as I'm going. I'll meet you at checkpoint, Charlie. Forever, <laughs> man in the box, and me me pestering you like some sort of authoritative, annoying older brother who thinks he yeah. knows better. Yeah. <laughs> we will always be at the bridge, the bridge with the sort of armed guards at both ends, won't it? Between <laughs> us. It would be because there was I, 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 it annoyed me, but there was truth in it, and I understood that. And but so then, you did then, what I said, and I was right. No, it yeah. wasn't that I, <laughs> the, you were not then the motivation. Mm. I did it because I thought I want to do this for myself. Mm. Having 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 now <laughs> listened to what Nico said and agreeing with having, him, I've decided having, that I want to do I, this for myself. The, it was coincidental <laughs> that the listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In other words, you were you were beside yourself with guilt for a few weeks because you felt like you'd, you'd gone far too far in um, going in two-footed and making a, a dear friend who's only trying to help you um, feel terrible for his for his wisdom and his advice. I just thought you'd be an ungrateful little wretch. That bit, um, yeah, I rem- remember reading the Patreon comments about that and one guy. <laughs> Don't so, bring this up again. You you always oh, have, have to, I? Yeah, go on, say oh, it again. No, someone no, said some, it was brutal. Someone said it was brutal in it, and I don't know who that person was, but they they hurt me. So if you're listening, someone, your words, <laughs> the power of language. Was it? Da- not, it might have been David Burdell. Yes, I think it's David Burdell. Yeah, he's good. Him. I've sent David, him. I sent him enough, a David. stupid hearts card with a sticker in it the other day. So that's. And have you got one of those yet from me? Uh, no, no, you haven't, have you? So that that tells its own story, doesn't it? <laughs> no, I haven't. Would you like well, one, Alistair? I can send you one. Um, what are they anonymous? Well, I'm, I, how, I, you know no, it's, it's from, from me, you. don't you? You know. Oh, right. so, no, well, no. What's the point? Amazing. So I, I'm basically <laughs> saying to you, would you like? Like, I care about you. I've, I've. I favoured David Burdell over you because when he said, "Oh, this is brutal," really, he said like it's brutal, like giddy with delight. That it was brutal, and then I've I've taken it as a compliment, and you're, you've looked at it going, oh, oh, look at this, you know, peering at it, thinking maybe that's maybe that is evidence that this dynamics be- soured and become unhealthy, but 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 you've missed the point that everyone is sort of going, <laughs> yes, it is brutal, it's really fun. When when's the next brutal episode that we can all enjoy? <laughs> no, and you're no. going, no, I don't want brutal. That's Please can thing. we make it not brutal anymore? And it's like, well, the people want brutal. Yeah, well, I'll give them brutal. I'll give them brutal, all right. I'll say my thoughts. But it did say... I think it did also say that it sounded like you needed to listen to me and you deserved it, so... (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so um, all's well that ends well, isn't it, Alistair? I think it's quite nice that we started the episode talking about cards and them being pointless. And now I'm literally, I'm asking you to give me the opportunity. You can do that. No, no, fair enough. Is it actually, a, so it's actually a card? I've had cards of these, of some, stu- that, that um, Devon drew address. for me. Well, you like do what everyone else did and send me your address. I need to know your address anyway, because uh, in the new year I might get back into being odd and making you feel uncomfortable. And knowing where you live <laughs> feels like something I can I can use to my advantage in myriad ways. <laughs> so please... All right, I, I will do that. WhatsApp me your address, and I won't put it on... I won't post it on Patreon so that people start sending you stuff. Yeah, and I don't do that. I won't do that. I won't do that. I don't want to say Merry Christmas to David Burdell. <laughs> David like Burdell say... is one of your greatest supporters. I know, I know, I appreciate that. I completely know he is. It just, it's that's, I think that's what cuts the deepest. Which bit it's, cuts the deepest? It's knowing that I've let, I let everyone down. <laughs> Oh God! I thought you were going to say I've let everyone. I've let it get to a point where being treated brutally for other people's entertainment is is a feature of my life. But actually, you're just worried about the fact that you've stuck up for yourself means that you're ruining the party. <laughs> that's all, look. That's that's that is it. Well, but as my therapist says, I need to speak with my authentic voice, and I think I'm finding that balance. Well, that's why I've been giving you room, and I, even though I'm deeply enjoying just this little soup son of being mean to you again, I still, I still have. I'm, I'm happy to do at least another three months of not of not spinning you round and pushing you into hmm. streams and stuff because, uh, quite honestly, I miss it. Yeah, I miss it, and also I'm just conflicted, like because although like I, I absolutely. Um, highly recommend growth for anyone self-knowledge and growth spiritual understanding knowing of what your triggers are what your weak points are and i am really glad that you are doing that but i'm also not glad because you were the perfect comedy foil what the more naive you were and actually you've displayed you still displayed some earlier in the episode where you're going why do people like things you know and Oh, joy is bad and stuff like that. You still there's still enough there to work with, but it's just I'm not allowed to be mean about it unless you specifically say yes, yes. Just peck away at my hit eyes. Me. Yeah, hit yeah. me. Hit me repeatedly. Oh, hang on, the doorbell's going. I just need to get that. One sec. <laughs> you might want to do a clap. No, I'm not going to do a clap. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this moment play out for real, ladies and gentlemen. Um, while Alistair goes and fulfills his his domestic obligations, I'm going to say, um, let's all send Alistair a little Christmas message in the comments on Patreon. Hang on a minute, what's going on here? I think Helen's back to having a go at him because he's not done his chores. Uh-oh. Is that Helen? Uh, the doorbell went and it was... Is it Helen? Helen, yeah, Helen answered it. Is she shrieking at you for not doing what she said? No, no. Please, please tell us that you're safe, Alistair. If you need I'm us, safe. if you need us to come and get you, I have a fulfilling relationship. It's just that uh, it just doesn't. From what I just heard, it doesn't sound at all equal. 
Was she was well, she well, criticizing what you were wearing? Did, did you open the door and she's like, "Why are you wearing that?" <laughs> what have I told you about that jumper, Alistair? Who are you trying to be? And you're like, "I didn't. It was just cold." <laughs> she's like, "I told you to wear the zip up today." <laughs> oh, Alistair. There Alistair. are truths in this. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> oh, Alistair. It's time to wrap up the year. Yeah. And chart your progress with becoming a human adult. How far, how, how different do you feel you were from, let's say, the last time it was fully, you know, just you playing your, your role and me being the master? Yeah. How much how much new stuff is like the extension that's been added to Alistair? How bit how how sort of substantial do you think it is? I think it's fairly substantial, but it it's like um yeah, it, it is an extension. It's like a nice new room, mm. like a swimming pool has been oh, wow. built yeah, yeah. in my mind, which I can go in and swim in and obviously and, and enjoy, but I thought that the swimming pool was my new house. But you can't live in a swimming pool, so uh, I've realised yeah. that it's just an extension and yes. the dark side. I, I realise mm. fundamentally that I am Sith. <laughs> if we're going back into our thing, and um, you're, you're you're Anakin, and I'm I, I'm the, that's the thing, yeah. What and I realise that, but Palpatine. there is there is light in me, and I think I think it's stronger for it. Yeah, it's a good thing in real life. I mean, like yeah, in the analogy where I still get to make your life hell yeah it's like you've built your swimming pool and then you're slowly you're trying to fight the anxiety that you of the realization that you can't live in the swimming pool and i'm <laughs> i'm going oh, where will you sleep in here alistair yeah. you're going i, 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 I didn't fine. say i was going to sleep in it i'm just but i can come here to swim and be myself and i can <laughs> i can lie on the sun lounger in in the in the warm air and read read today's newspaper and i'm like you need to maintain the chlorine alistair and the, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. look like the roof's been fitted yet and i didn't say the roof yeah the roof isn't on yet the, we're, we're still trying to finish getting the budget together for the roof there's a temporary roof with some like blue tarpaulin and bits of wood but i'm sending like strong winds to knock the tarpaulin over and, ah! uh, you go in there to to try and enjoy being in the but you can't enjoy it yet because there's no ceiling so it's not complete yet but you'll go yeah, but you're, 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 yeah there's like leaves being blown in and like lightning outside and you can hear my <laughs> laughter <laughs> the roof will never keep you dry, Alistair. <laughs> yes, it will. It will. Do you think we'll ever do Palpatine and Anakin again, or yeah, will I'm it? Will it? So. Is it something we can never go back to, Alistair? No, I think they're still there. Okay. All right. Well, I'll leave it at that because we 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 don't want you to not complete your swimming pool. <laughs> It's it will forever be somewhere that you can go and escape the limitations of the rest of the house. I mean that you I think you're right. It's a good analogy that when you do therapy and all the rest of it, you you don't knock down the house that is you and rebuild it. You understand the house that is you, and then you create some new spaces. Yeah. Where you know that there's more of you that that was previously unrecognised and, and hadn't been allowed to exist before, and you, yeah, you're right. They're extensions. That's a really good analogy, I think. It's so ironic though that I said swimming pool because actually I'm a very poor swimmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. You you've you kind of like 
it's like you got excited and you 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 said yes, that's right, a swimming pool, and and now thousands of pounds has been poured into making something that you're not even going to be able to use, yeah. but you still want it because it'll it'll still be yours. Yeah, this was meant to be my therapy breakthrough, and it's actually going to drown me. But what what's actually going to happen is um, I will be coming around to use it, so it'll be like me and Helen frolicking in the pool and swimming, and she'll be like. Oh, yeah. You really look nice in those shorts that I bought Alistair that don't suit him. Why don't you wear them in the pool? Because you can swim. And, and we'll be splashing each other. And you'll, uh, our water will be going on your on your newspaper. <laughs> I'll be throwing around and she'll be giggling. It's oh, horrible. That's that... like the image of some sort of like 1980s British film. Isn't yeah, it? Something yeah. by James Ivory and Merchant yeah. Ivory film. Where like, yeah, I'm like kind of Jeremy Irons character. And effectively Join I'm being yeah, yeah. Like join that. in and I'm going oh my my dear Lauren was younger than me and she she requires a vibrancy that I can no longer give her <laughs> yeah so I now I now sort of sit by the side of the pool uh hiding behind my newspaper while she frolics yeah. with <laughs> with it, with this with Giggling. me I, I'll have like you've got a sunbed in there as well I'll have like blonde mullet and a tan by then <laughs> yeah. horrible but it'll be your swimming pool that's the main thing Alistair <laughs> it's gonna be just she's fine. Saying, come in, come into the pool. And she knows I can't because she knows I can't swim. And I brought my my friends that I do like business, dodgy business deals with. Will be there, kind of snorting coke and drinking champagne. And you're like, I'm not. I don't know if I'm comfortable with having illegal drugs here. Don't be such a stick in the mud, Alistair. Go and put your shorts on that don't suit you. Come on, join in. Come in the water, and you'll be like trying to swim like Alan Partridge in that. Um, the bit where he's going, eh, eh, trying to yeah. tread water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, no. We're doing it again, you see. It won't okay. be that. No, it won't be. It'll be a beautiful swimming Well, th- let's make well. let's make a happy image for the end of it, because I am yeah. going to send you a card, which won't arrive in time for Christmas and isn't yeah. a Christmas card. Brilliant. I have no idea what I'm going to write in it, because it's literally just, look, little Alistair, it's your stupid Hearts Club m- sort of membership badge. <laughs> Even though you've basically given me loads of free labour to make it exist in the first place. (laughs) So what I'll do in order to pay you back for all your service is I will put in some vouchers for swimming lessons (laughs) into your card. And that can be your new year, new you, patronising present. But can only be redeemable in like a gym in Newcastle. (laughs) Yeah. It's completely impractical. Or like amongst like five-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alistair, I must thank you for your service. I know it's been, let's be honest, for yourself, um, you've been on that journey. I've had a fucking absolute strange, tricky year, but we survived it, Alistair. Yes, we did. We made it to the end, and... um Although, it, it but like, the, the, thread, the threadbare remains of our friendship are still here. <laughs> So who who knows what next year will bring? Oh, good fortune. Well, I, I wish you a very merry Christmas with your family, and um, I'll probably put up as a bonus epi- episode for the patrons. Most of them have already heard it, but every year I will put up the Christmas sick minds. Oh yeah, I personally feel it's a work of art, <laughs> and it's got some of the funniest stuff that we've ever done. When we, if you've never heard it, please go and listen when I put it when I put it up. Uh, you can listen to it, to be honest, you can listen to it on Sick Minds anyway, um, 
if you search for that where all podcast platforms are available there is a Christmas episode in which I opened a load of Christmas cards that were sent to someone that used to live in a flat I lived in and it's just absolute dynamite it's one of the most thrilling things I've ever heard that's yeah. <laughs> real well, absolutely really real and, and it was terrifying it's a terrible thing to do and it's very very <laughs> funny to listen to so treat yourself to that and it's peak our horrible dynamic as well so yeah that's that's what that comedy relationship is based on really go and have a listen to that thanks for coming on again alistair and have Thank a you. have a wonderful day and uh i'll text me your address and i'll send you merry a card. christmas to you and to all the listeners yeah awesome thanks mate goodbye basically <laughs> Yes, 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 that's enough. (laughs) You've served your you have served your purpose. That's the end. Stop saying it. Okay. Bye, Nico. (laughs) Stop just stop it. How can I tell you that I love you? I love you And I can't think of the right words to say I long to tell you that I'm always thinking of you I'm always thinking of you But my words just blow away Words just blow away It always ends up to one thing, honey And I can't think of right words to say Oh, 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 oh Wherever I am, girl I'm always walking with you Always walking with you But I look and you're not there Whoever I'm with I'm always talking to you I'm always talking to you And I'm sad that you can't hear I'm sad that you can hear Always ends up to one thing honey When I look and you're not there Oh 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 I need to know you I need to feel my arms around you Feel my arms surround you Like sea around the shore Night and day I pray In hope that I might find you Hope that I might find you Cause hearts can do no more Hearts can do no more It always ends up one thing, honey And I kneel upon the floor Oh, 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 oh.
how can I tell you that I love you? I love you, and I can't think of the right words to say. I long to tell you, I'm always thinking of you. Always thinking of you, words just flow away. It always ends up to one thing, honey, and I can't think the right words to say. Right words to say. Oh, 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 oh. Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on patreon.com forward slash stupid hearts club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm, I'm one. <laughs>